are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. Max and friends, he says what he wants, ain't holding nothing back, back, got the Radio. This is Max and Friends. I am your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday night edition here of Max and Friends. Last week I wasn't with you because Tamara was in the studio giving you all some love and sex advice. Did you love it? Tweet me at Max Tucci. Wow, I was at Sundance. It was so much fun. Go to I-E-Y-E on SouthFlorida.com. You can see my footage there. I had some great interviews with Maitland Ward. Oh, I love Maitland. And also with Brianne Johnson. Maitland was from White Chicks. Remember that show? And of course, Brianne Johnson, Hooner movies coming out. And we just and Vincent DePaul. We had such a good time. I on South Florida, my team and I, big out to you. I love you guys. Big shout out. I on SouthFlorida.com. Check out my coverage there. Tweet us always at Max Tucci and let us know what's on your mind. Also, what's in the news, Justin Bieber? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Is it even worth talking about? Well, I'll let, we'll, we'll figure that out later on the show because we've got such a good show tonight because we have a Grammy fashion review. You know, I had my fashion squad out there trying to figure out who was the best and worst, and they figured it out. So we've got Stacey Angela joining us in just a minute. Plus, we have Real Housewives of New Jersey star, mother, wife, and autism advocate, Jacqueline Lareda is joining us. And then first, we have Allison Winscott. Now, let me tell you about Allison Winscotch. New York Times bestseller, amazing book, so cool that Jennifer Garner is actually going to, she, what is she will, she will be the producer of the film. How do you like that? Of the new book, The Theory of Opposites, she's joining us. But we got to talk about Hot Topic, Ronan. Hit it. got to drop the Grammys with Stacy. Pull up your mic, Stacy, and welcome to Max and Friends. Hey, Max. How are you? Happy I'm New Year. Yes. Can we still say Happy New Year? <laughs> yeah, we can. We can. It's still January a little bit. We're almost hitting February. Okay. But it's honestly a happy day. Yes, Every absolutely. All right. So did you totally watch the Grammys? And I want to hear your three worst picks. So shoot. Number oh, three. let's start with the Let worst. It, okay, I I felt like the worst was Gloria Stefan. I really have to say that. I absolutely love her. I love, love, love her, but I thought she could have done a lot better than that with, with the look that she had on. So I, I got to give her the mm. wor- one of the worst, especially. Yeah, definitely wasn't feeling Who else do we have for the worst? Oh, excuse me? Who else do we have for the worst? Um, we also had Bruno Mars. I wanted oh. him to do more. Yeah, well, Bruno I didn't Mars, like that too much. You know, it's all right. And then, who was your number one worst dress at the Grammys 2014? Unfortunately, it was Lord, um, the one who sang Royals. I really yeah. felt that whoever was down her could have done better by her. But I think once she gets more comfortable in her skin, she it, it will blossom a lot She's more. Young. She's young. She's but young Lord also. Absolutely. So, you know, it's yeah. like, maybe shake those congas. I know you can't control yourself any longer. <laughs> 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 and now we have Absolutely. this. Absolutely. 
because the best, I already have my best, and I'm saving it for the best, and I want to hear your... T- I got your- the best. Who do you give your number three, and what were they wearing? Okay. My, my number three was Taylor Swift, and she was wearing Gucci. She was amazing. That was kind of a little bit tough for me, um, because she looked like an angel all night, so... It's flawless. Makeup, hair, dress, flawless. Everything. Everything. Performance, everything was just was, was amazing, as usual. Then? And then... I gotta give it to Beyonce. She's my number two. Okay. Um, I, I thought she was. I, I liked not so much the performance outfit, but the outfit that she had on when she was sitting in the audience. I wasn't quite sure. That, I was. I, I wasn't sure who did that because you know her mom um, designs. It wasn't this team that right. designs for her as well. So a lot of times, like another stage outfit, I think was was like in house design. Who's your number one? Because that's what I want to know, and I want to see if we conflict here. Who is your number one? I'm sorry, my number one was Paris Hilton. I know she wasn't yes! performing or doing anything like that, but that she killed it. She slayed it. I Let said, that's you. exactly how you come back. I love now, that. Did you see her a couple nights ago at the pre-Grammy party? She did a similar dress in black with that peekaboo. I was like, you do your She's thing. She's crazy. She's yeah. amazing. I was, I was like, yeah. she was playing. She's opening up like another 200 Paris Hilton stores. She is on top of her game. She's not in the news like that Justin Bieber. Yeah. Oh no, no. But Jesse, he needs to chill out for a second before it gets oh, a whole lot worse. Out. He's chilling out with Usher because they're down in Panama right now, and Usher's giving him a lesson. But you know, in Panama, you have to be eighteen to drink. That's a whole other story. Uh-huh. It's music related. <laughs> but what did you think that he would have wore if he were at the Grammys tonight? I think he would have gone Michael Jackson style. Oh, he definitely would have gone Michael Jackson Jackson style. You know what I mean? Everything looking crisp, but fitted at the same time, really modern, like a nice modern edge to him. Right. Right. I like how he dresses. I like his style. It's super cool. Yeah. Orange is not a good color for him. No, I don't want him in orange. I don't want to see that. And how much <laughs> does he look like Miley Cyrus? Yes. I, you know what? I actually saw this uh, this blog and I saw them. They put the picture side by yes. side and they really look like they could be brothers or cousins or something like that. Well, we Justin Bieber, do your thing. You know what? I don't. I think it's the best thing he could do for his career because he's getting out of that teeny bop stage and he wants to be a man. You know, and if he were to yes. twerk... If he were to twerk like Miley, everyone would be like, oh, Justin's gay. But no, yeah. he did nothing. Had, you know, everything was a misdemeanor, allegedly. Tomorrow's the court mm-hmm. date in Miami. I'm going to be at the courthouse with Iron South Florida. Oh, fa- oh, I would love to hear. But, I definitely want to no, listen. He's not even supposed to be there because his, his lawyer could be there. But, you know, I say good for him because do your thing. His father was there. They know what they're doing. It was all, I, I think, allegedly. Mm. I think. It was all pre ah. He grew up. You know, he's got to grow up, and that's the way to do it. He's, Absolutely. You know, he's a little bit of growing pains. He'll be fine. It's fine. He he's, in, he'll fine. Be good. he's down in Panama, drinking ages 18, do your thing. Go to Colorado, you can smoke weed, you won't get in trouble. Buy it legally. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Colorado! Well, let's keep it real. <laughs> Stacy. I just love when you join Max and Friends. I love hot topics with you. I think we have so much fun, don't you? Absolutely. I absolutely love it. I love what you're doing. You know, I totally support you always. Of course, and I support you. How can people tweet you? Um, you can tweet me at Stay Media. All right. And you can hit S-T-A-Y me up on Facebook. Media. That's right. Stay Media. Hit me up and uh, anything fashion and and your edgy swimwear. I got you. I know you got us, and you're always. I love coming to you for those because you and I, when we see the same Paris Hilton, I was like, if if Stacy doesn't say she's number one, I'm gonna get her. Honorable mention. <laughs> I'm gonna give you my honorable mention, though. You ready? Here's my. I'm okay. gonna note honorable mention. Katy Perry. Yes. 
Yes. Had the music. Katie. It's the Grammys, people. It's not the Oscars. It's not the Golden Globes. It's the Grammys. You have fun. Katy Perry had fun. Yeah, she always has fun, though. I love her. Everything is colorful. Tells a story. So, I, you know, she's always, definitely she should have got honorable mentions for sure. Well, and she did. And speaking of stories, we have a great New York Times bestselling author joining us just after this song. Stacey, thanks so much for joining us. We got Sophie B. Hawkins. Thank you. Now. Damn, I wish I was your lover. And when we're back, Allison wins scotch on Max and Friends on L.A. Talk Radio. She's a New York Times bestseller. Five novels. How you doing? We'll be right back. Hit it, Ronan.
Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci, and that was Sophie B. Hawkins. Damn, wish I was your lover. I love my Sophie B. Hawkins. We pulled that out of the vault for you all tonight. Well, I love reading, too, because you all know that's one thing that I love to do, and I always have authors on Max and Friends because I think reading is something that we need to incorporate into life. And when I say reading, I don't mean our cell phones and text messages and emails. I'm talking about books, and one that I can't wait to grab a hold of is the new book, The Theory of Opposites by Alison Wynn Scotch. New York Times bestseller, because you know we give you the best here on Max and Friends. This is her fifth novel. So I want to welcome to the show, Alison Wynn Scotch. Thanks for joining Max and Friends tonight. Thank you, Max. That might have been the most enthusiastic, awesome intro I've ever had. I got excited. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you got excited because you know what? That's how we got to do things. It might be 11 o'clock. That's on- right. Like, raise the roof on books, man. Raise the roof on books is right. You know, Oprah <laughs> could have a book club. So could I. But listen. This I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> This is the question that I love. And everyone, I want you to tweet me at Max Tucci, hashtag Max and Friends. This is the question. What happens when you think you have it all and then suddenly it's taken away? Dun, 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 dun. Mm, what happens? Dun, dun, dun. So, tell us, first, let's get into your story and your life and why you're sure. an author. What made you write, Allison? Gosh, that's such a good question. You know, I was a big reader as a kid. Um, And I think, you know, I tried, it's just such an amazing way of self-expression, whether you're published or not published. Um, You know, so many people obviously keep journals or even like the, even on Twitter. I mean, it's just a way that people enjoy expressing themselves, even in 140 characters or 160, whatever it is now. But um, I guess, you know, I was always sort of a outspoken creative kid and, um, I channeled into writing. I was a magazine writer for a long time. And uh, when I got sick of, I guess, writing every sort of, you know, 10 ways to lose 10 pounds, how to spice up your sex life articles, I tried my hand at fiction. And um, 
my God, I, I wrote a really terrible book, actually, that was like the learning experience book that, thank God, never saw the light of day. And then I wrote another book and it got published. And I don't know. I love it. I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I, I feel, you know, pretty, pretty damn lucky to do it. Now, if you so. weren't writing books, what would you be doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> crying <laughs> every day. No, I, I mean, maybe I'd still be doing magazines, some form of journalism. You know, I do like celebrity interviews for um, magazines. So maybe that, I think like acting is such a, it's such a similar expression. Um, I mean, I think it's a much more brutal business. So I don't know if I would really have the stomach for it, but um, maybe something like that. I, I, I don't know. Sounds good. I, Sounds good. <laughs> Something hopefully creative. Um, I mean, I think that that's sort of what a lot of writers would tell you, that it's really just us purging Absolutely. our observations of life. So acting is well, like that. similar. Yeah. Yes, purging our observations of life. Well, I just got a great tweet from Megan Ellen. She says, the question we asked was, what happens when you think you have it all and then suddenly it's taken away? And she said, I have to be thankful for what I do have. That's the truth. That is that that is an amazing response and i think honestly that is really what i try to write about like so many of us have these pretty great satisfying lives but it's so much easier to focus on sort of the minutia that makes us unhappy or that irritates us and um when i write I mean, you know, I'm equally as guilty of that. Don't get me wrong. But when I write, I, I think I try to bring it back to that, like really appreciating having that sort of gratitude for the fact that life generally for a lot of us is is pretty good. Now, are you having the time of your life? <laughs> I am having the time of my life, and I'm laughing because that's the name of one of my books. That's so right. That was a good you know, that, was, that was very sneaky. Um, I, you know, I am, I, I am, and I'm not. Like, I, again, I've, I have a pretty great life. I love my career. I have kids, so it's an amazing um, career to have when you're a parent as well. You know, the publishing business is um, – in a state of flux right now. So uh, sometimes it feels very much like a career, like many other jobs, even if they're in a creative field. But, you know, I, I do count my blessings, sort of like what you and I were just talking about. I mean, it's... Absolutely. Uh, who isn't lucky to get to write for a living? So um, even when I'm pissed off and in a crappy mood, like... I do that's try to novel. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's a really good novel. Oh, no. My heroines are plenty pissed off and in plenty of crappy moods. Don't get me wrong. Oh, so right. I want to talk about the theory of opposites. How did you get yeah. the title? Well, it's part of um, the plot of the book, which is, you know, what happens if you're really giving into inertia and you're not making changes in your life that probably you need to, what happens if you do the opposite of what your instincts are? Um, and my protagonist is sort of challenged to do that by her best friend. Um, you know, what happens if the choices you make, you have to do the opposite because the choices that you've made are not leading you to a fulfilling life. So that's really where the, the, this title is actually pretty literal as opposed to some of my others. Um, it, the book really revolves partially around the theory of opposites. So, um, you know, and it's an interesting thing to consider. What if you can't make the choices that you instinctually would make? So, And sometimes we do. <laughs> I don't mean to like, take it down and make everybody so philosophical, but, you know. 
but you know what? It makes it for a good read. So now this is your fifth book, right? And mm-hmm. when you were writing this book, what was the what was your mindset when you were writing this book? The theory yeah, of that opposites. Is such an, a great question, actually. Well, my mindset honestly was I wrote it for me. I just wanted to have like the best time. It's a sort of it's a very whimsical, fun, like a little bit kooky out there book. And I felt like um, in the past writers often feel that they have to sort of write within certain constraints, like. They need to fit into this category. They need to be more literary. They need to be more commercial. And honest God, I wrote it for me. I didn't care. Like I had no expectation. Um, I just wanted to write something that I really fell in love with. And as a result, it was hands down the best writing experience I've ever had. And I think that that speaks to, you know, more universal things too, like whether it's writing or not, try to just... I don't know, do something for yourself. And it's so gratifying. And it was like, it was just like riding down the highway in a convertible seven miles an hour. It was, it was amazing. So now tell us about the book and who, tell us about the book and who's your favorite character in the book. Oh my gosh. That is an impossible question because honestly, some of these characters are so insane and I love that. Um, (laughs) She has a brother who is, um, this sort of famous yogi guru uh, who is being brought up on federal charges for a pyramid scheme. She has a sister who has like a Xanax problem, um, not in like a severe, aka Justin Bieber way, so but like, like just sort of typically neighbors. These are like our neighbors. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I live in LA. That's right. Exactly. Uh, so, and she, I, I would say actually from reader response, she has a 12 year old nephew named Nikki who, um, is a 9-11 child. His father was killed uh, in 9-11 and he sort of is the emotional, like beast note of, of the novel. He's really, he's, you know, prepubescent and mouthy and snarky, but also sort of comes of age. And um, I really loved writing him, and I readers have really loved him. So um, probably him. All right. So tell us about the drama in the book that unfolds without giving the book away, obviously. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, there's so much drama. Um, my heroine, uh, Willa, who's actually named William, um, thinks she has sort of this wonderful life. And then her husband proposes a two month break and she loses her job and Nikki, her nephew moves in with her and, um, her ex-boyfriend, sort of the one who got away, gets in touch with her on Facebook. And um, it's sort of this perfect Bermuda Triangle of everything that goes wrong. And if she pretends, you know, that nothing needs to change, nothing really is ever going to change. So um, her best friend forces her to make changes uh, and sort of takes her on this roller coaster ride and, and, there's a whole backstory of her father who is this famous, he's sort of written the equivalent of the secret, uh, who is, he has proven that free will doesn't exist. So, um, she sets out to disprove him with this theory of opposites that choice matters and, you know, who we are matters and, um, embracing life and sort of seizing the reins matters. And that's certainly something that I believe in. So, um, it was fun to take this character who mm-hmm. sort of living this lackadaisical life to somebody who hopefully by the end, without giving too much away, um, feels like she's in charge. 
Well, she so. feels like she's in charge. Speaking of being in charge, I got <laughs> listen. We're going to talk about this because the book again is called The Theory of Opposites. Y'all are just tweeting me right now. Y'all want to know the title because you know it sounds so good, right? <laughs> Thanks for tweeting, people. But here's the story because Entertainment Weekly released exclusively that Jennifer Garner has signed up to produce the film adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like, hello. when you saw that, were you like, <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I knew it before Entertainment Weekly knew it. But I will tell you, when she emailed me to tell me how much she loved the book, that's when I was like, really? Like, it was, um, I, I mean, it was, it's amazing. She's amazing. She is a truly wonderful person. Uh, she is generous and she's a big reader, which I think is a fantastic testament oh, to, good. you know, yeah, she's to good. who she is. Um, and she read uh, the book very early, uh, told me that she wanted it, and I knew for several months before I could say anything, as you Didn't know, how it goes in Hollywood. <laughs> and it was, you know, probably the hardest thing I've ever had to keep to myself. Uh, but yeah, it's it's exciting, and they're they're you know starting to package it, and they keep me up to date, and are wonderful asking me for my opinions, and I mean it's really, it's it's amazing. So, now, um, when you, cause you're going to get more tea on this when it comes out. So I'm going to teach you a line. When you tell someone, can you keep a secret? And they say, yes, you say, so can I, <laughs> Right. I will be DMing you. I will tweet you, Max, and let you know. Yeah. Who do you see starring in the movie? Ah, oh, that's such a good question. And it's so funny because I would say with every other book of mine, I've sort of written it with somebody in mind. This one, I really didn't. That said, I feel like the characters sort of in her young thirties, like maybe Anna Kendrick or Emma Stone, who's much younger, but she's so great that who really cares. Um, I'm like a huge Carrie Russell fan. So I feel like I would cast her in anything. Um, it's so, it's so hard. Like readers are, are sending me notes. And every time they say like, like I just watched a Chuck marathon with my son and we're like, Zachary Levi would be amazing. And I love James Marsden. So I'm like James Marsden for everything. Like, I don't know. I, I anybody. I'm going to give a little spin on my thought for the best friend. She needs to have a gay okay. best friend who tries to change okay. her. <laughs> she could. Well, yes. you know, well, I don't want to know if I should give this away, but her no, mom. Okay, I'm not going to say anything. Her mom, her mom dot, dot, dot. Y'all got to get the book. That's right. That <laughs> is the spoiler <laughs> alert. That's right. That's right. But but yes, yeah, that's... a gay best friend who tries to change her. We could do it. I mean, you know, the movie adaptations, like, they half the time they have nothing to do with the book. So exactly. that's, we, we can do it. I think, hey, Jennifer, call us. <laughs> We're going to help you with the movie. <laughs> but that's no, right. But no, I think that, you know what, you always need that little twist of a best friend. And sometimes, you know, when you have a best girlfriend, because we talk about this here all the time on Max and Friends and Relationships, when you have a best girlfriend, sometimes they're jealous of you and they want to change you for the worse. But when you have a gay best friend, he's going to change you to be fabulous. So I think you need to have a gay best friend. I could see that. I could actually really see that working. In the book, her best friend is not a frenemy, but I think we all know that that certainly can happen. And uh, I hear you. You is know. there going to be a part two to the theory of opposites? God, it, you know what? It's funny. I've never written a sequel, but some people are actually asking me because these characters are sort of so out there. I, I'm thinking about it, actually, which is I'm, I'm thinking about it. So uh, maybe. 
Well, uh, well, that I will let you know as soon as possible and tell you you can't tell anyone and it's a secret and then we'll see how long you keep it. So I will listen. I can keep a secret. It's the people that I tell who can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But now you're a New York Times bestseller. When you first got the first title of being that New York Times bestseller, how did it feel? Uh, when I when time in my life hit it, I mean, I. It was pretty, it was one of those moments in your life that you feel like you'll never forget it. And you, I mean, I never did. I mean, I remember I was was exercising because I had to distract myself and I just stopped and I sort of, my heart, I don't know, felt like it was going to explode. And then from there, it's like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It's. Yeah, my kids still good. wake up at six and I'm still exhausted right. and, you know, all that. But, uh, at the, at the time it was, it was, it was really great. So, I mean, again, I don't think it matters so much any in your day to day life, but certainly it was one of those moments where you felt like you had worked really hard to achieve something. And then, Absolutely. you know, great to, it's like the Oscars of, of, of authorship. <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, yeah. No, I didn't get to like write an acceptance speech or anything. And I think it was like before t- Twitter. So I couldn't even No, well, maybe I was on Twitter with that. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, exactly. And I don't think it's that, good. well, I don't know. Actors are different. Maybe it, they do like walk around feeling like I'm Academy Award winner and right. Hathaway, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the theory of opposites is what we're talking about. I have New York Times bestseller Allison Winscotch with me tonight. We're having a great time here on Max and Friends. We're talking about the book, The Theory of Opposites. And now this is a book that you went indie on. Why did you go indie versus traditional publishing? I did. Um, you know, I had been traditionally published for four books, obviously. Um, and... I had just sort of grown increasingly dissatisfied with what the publishing houses could do or were doing, I should say. And I'd seen it with a lot of friends, like a lot of really brilliant, wonderful friends who had written great, moving books uh, that just weren't selling well or weren't really being supported. And I had felt that way with my fourth book, which was... um, and just disappointing for so many reasons that I won't, you know, sort of inside. That's okay. We don't talk I, about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that I won't that I won't get into. But um, when when this book came out, as I said, I wrote it for myself. I wanted to do something that really sort of honored myself. And I had actually considered just moving on and writing scripts and leaving the novels behind. And I just I love this story. I love these characters. And I just wrote it sort of with like a F you attitude. And when it came time, no, you can to, say it with a what attitude? Okay. Okay. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's still eight attitude? o'clock. And <laughs> that's right. So when it came time, I just, we started talking to some publishing houses. Obviously I have, uh, you know, relationships with people. And I just felt like there was very little that they could do for me that I couldn't do for myself. And I, I believed in the book and, um, I love sort of the entrepreneurial spirit spirit that it takes to put it out. Um, you know, it's hard. It's a lot of work, but it's another, it's, it's been fascinating. It's been such a learning experience and I was ready for that. I just wanted so, to try something new. And if it had failed, you know what? So what? Like, and look where it like, is. You know what? That's why I always say there's no mistakes in life, only lessons learned. And this was a good lesson because Miss Jennifer That is exactly right, Max. And that's really how I feel. Like it would have been, it would have been a lesson, and I would have owned it. And I, you know, I'm, I feel really 
great that the response has been what it has been, but if not, like I still would have written the book and I still would have loved it. And I didn't want anybody to sort of tarnish that experience. So, um, the theory of opposites. That's it. The area of opposites. Well, on that note, we're going to let you go because we've got Jacqueline Larita joining us. Y'all remember her from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Well, she's an author, too, and she's an advocate on autism. But before we let Allison go, give us just like a really good quote, one of your favorite quotes to inspire us for this week ahead. Um, I will tell you what my favorite quote is. Uh, it is, if you ask me what I came into this world to do, I'll tell you I came to live out loud. That is my That's favorite the truth. Quote. That's Isn't good. It? I can I, tell I, that about you too, Max. <laughs> I'm gonna, we take life to the max. <laughs> I, that's, that's exactly right. I love it. We're like kindred spirits. Well, when's your birthday? June 12th. Oh, so you're um, Gemini. I'm a Gemini. That's I am. Why? Your rising is Aquarius. It, <laughs> you're, 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 I shouldn't. I'm sorry, I missed you. I shouldn't be or you are. No, that's good. That's good. I said, I bet your rising is an Aquarius. I don't even know. Am I? We'll you... do that on the next show. We have a good job. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, right. You know who you need to look up for an actress? Maitland Ward. She was in White Chicks. She's uh, Boy Meets World. I saw her in Sundance last week. Beautiful. I think she would be a good lead for your uh, movie. She's got that beautiful reddish hair and those blue eyes. And Ooh, she I looks... just Googled her. Ooh, yes. Very, uh, yes. very pretty. Very voluptuous. Yes. I mean, in a lip- good way. In a good yeah. way. <laughs> Not like I'm <laughs> her. <laughs> and, you know, I heard you talk about the boy who is uh, November 11th. His father died in November 11th. Uh, November. September 11th. September. Yeah, yeah. Did I just, like, prophesy something? I hope not. But um, <laughs> there's a really great um, organization that I just found out about coming home on the air. I was, came home from Sundance. A lady was sitting next to me, and she tells me about Tomorrow's Rainbow. And um, it's a good yeah. segue because it's an organization in South Florida that was created because the, uh, a, one of the, this child's father died in a very bad car accident. So it's to help right. grieving children who lost a parent. So right. Tomorrow's Rainbow. There's your shout out. Perfect segue. The book, okay. The Theory of Opposites. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. How can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, I am at AS Wind and uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm a- there a lot. <laughs> yes, A-S-W-I-N-N. Exactly. Oh, I still use my maiden name. So much for having us, for having. Oh my gosh, Max. Thank you. This was such a total blast. Now I'm going to go check out the Grammys, right? Yes, go check them out and look at what Paris Hilton was wearing because she won Best Dress for Max and Friends tonight. Okay. Wow. I'm going to. Okay. Have a wonderful (laughs) night. And again, the book, The Theory of Opposites, You Mean So Much to Me by Thomas Hibner now. And when we're back, Jacqueline Lareda on Max and Friends. Stay tuned. You Mean So Much to Me, the new version by Thomas Hibner. Thank you, Allison. Thanks, Max. It was awesome. Hit it, Ronan. I've been walking around with this hole in my heart Missing a part of you inside of me Every once in a while you can see a teardrop Hitting the ground wherever I go It's not easy for me to let you go Even though I pretend it doesn't bother me I can't stop 
thinking about you cause you mean so much to me knowing we were so close still having so much to say to you watching you walk away without saying a word about what could have been different right now all I was trying to do was show my love to you waiting for your blessing Trying to live my life without you by my side I regret every day what I should have told you I was a fool to let my feelings show Thought there'd be more time to let you know All I got left is the pain of losing you In my broken heart Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. And that was Thomas Hibner's new song, That You Mean So Much To Me. Well, it's not really his new song because we played it here before. It's just a new version. And this is the email that Thomas sends us. He said, Max, Happy New Year. If Billy Ray Cyrus is going to release a hip-hop version of Achy Breaky Heart, 
Well, I'm going to release piano version of You Mean So Much to Me. Five years ago, this song changed my life, and I'm honored that you were part of this journey from the beginning and still are. This song is going to have a lot of requests on your show this year, and I got a feeling it will. Thank you, Max. And I'm hoping this year, this is the year for an artist to record this song as 2014 Song of the Year. So everyone, if you're interested in Tobinus Hibner's song, tweet me at Max Tucci that you mean so much to me. Miley Cyrus is the one that first told us about, um, about Thomas Hibner. So he's growing in his career. And I say to you, Thomas, dream bigger. Keep dreaming and don't stop. And what you're looking for is looking for you. Well, I've got a mother, a wife, an autism activist. And you all remember her from Housewives of Jersey. Jacqueline Lorraine is joining me on Max and Friends. Pull up your mic and welcome to the show. Hey. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> me too. I was just jamming in my jammies. <laughs> uh, well, that's Thomas Hibner's new song that you mean so much to me. And he, he's, a young, he's young, and I think he's probably like 16 or 17 now. And he's just special and a great kid. And so we promote Aww. great people. So that's why we have you here tonight, because you're doing so much. You're a mother. This is what fascinates me the most, because I've, as you know, I've worked a lot with um, children with autism recently. And mm-hmm. I could not imagine how it would be to be a parent of a child with, we don't even call it, it's just a different way of living, uh, neurodiversities. Right. So tell us about, you know, we'll talk about the good, but mothers out there who have children with autism need to hear about the struggle that other mothers are facing because they're not alone. So tell us about the ups and downs of having a child with autism. I always say it's a joy and a challenge every single day. And you really just learn to appreciate all the little accomplishments they make because you realize how hard they work for those accomplishments. They're constantly Uh in therapies and you're constantly on them and working with them and pushing. And so when you see them do something that, you know, typical kids do, you know, so easily and effortlessly, it, it really, you just light up. Like it's just, you want to share it with your whole family and it does, it brings, you have to really, you know, just suck in all those joys. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's really true. great to see the progress. And, you know, you learn patience and you learn to really appreciate everything. And, you know, because it's hard, it's hard for a parent, you know, for any child to watch your child struggle through anything. Yeah. Um, so it's really painful for a parent to see that. So, you know, you just got to work through that and, and, you know, try to bring out the best child that your child can be. Now, how was it to be on TV and raise a child? with? Because those are like double challenges. Was it even more challenging? <laughs> Um, you know what? No, because I kind of live my life as like an open book. You don't, you don't really, after a while, the, the cameras, you don't even think about that. It, it's just yeah. like an extra person in the room, like in your peripheral vision that you don't even think about. So you just kind of do your thing. But, you know, you are, you know, like it hurt me, like when my son was having a tantrum, he's punching himself. And, you know, I know people are seeing it. And I don't know if they understand, like, you know, that they're just frustrated because they can't communicate the same way and uh, you know you wonder if people are going to understand or not but you know what i understand it and people that are going through it understand it and and that's you know, all that matters I, yeah you know what it's and like, that's this all is that matters my life. this is what it is like you know here it is <laughs> now you know what i want to talk to you about because this is like the main thing is that the early when you have that early diagnosis of, of autism over neurodiversity when was it for you and what were the signs that you thought that there might be that your child might be autistic. Yeah. Um, you know what? It was a very gradual thing. So some of the things you would write off like, Oh, they're just bored. They're not doing this anymore. Mm. You know, you kind of, kind of dismiss a lot of things at first, but looking back in retrospect, I saw a lot of signs. My son 
personally, he um, stopped making eye contact, wouldn't answer to his name, wouldn't follow my finger as I pointed to an object. He wouldn't uh, do simple commands. He stopped eating with a fork. He had lots of language. He stopped singing songs. He would start spinning in circles, going upside down. I mean, there was a lot of little things that, you know, stopped riding his tricycle. So there was things that, you know, at first I was like, well, he's not doing that anymore. I wonder, maybe he's just over that. He's bored with that or... You know, there's little things you kind of dismiss at first, and then it's just your gut just kicks in. Plus, I have a nephew who's two weeks younger, so when, you know, they were together every weekend, you see, you really could see the differences. Yeah. Now, there's mothers out there and fathers out there who are listening to the show tonight, and they're thinking, is there hope? Jacqueline, you've lived life. Tell them there's hope. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you first get diagnosed, you feel lost, scared, you want to it just feels like, okay, this is it, you know, and there is, you know, no known cure for autism right now. But what I have learned is with the right treatments and therapies that, you know, um, with early intervention treatments and therapies, that the signs and symptoms of autism definitely can improve. I mean, I've seen it firsthand with my son, and every time I think my son's not progressing fast enough, he's not, you know, he's not picking up on this, he's not picking up on that. I look back two years ago, my mm-hmm. son has come so far. He was nonverbal. Now he can say so many words. He wow. Questions. He repeats. He's answering specific questions. I mean, I can't have a conversation with him yet. We're not at that point. But mm. he's starting to read and spell on his own and, you know, do things that blow my mind. I didn't even know he knew. Like, he barely watches the TV. He knows how to spell every single show on Nickelodeon. <laughs> he just, he does things that That's fantastic. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, because, you that's, know, that's like awesome. dealing with parents and they're, it's just so overwhelming and then finally when you see that light at the end of the tunnel, it's just so inspiring mm-hmm. and, you know, that's why I really love the term neurodiverse because it's just a different way of thinking. You know, autism right. just sounds like really harsh and it almost makes the, your, ch- you know, children sound like they have nothing to offer but when you hear like right. neurodiverse oh, no. and they're, they're different ways of thinking and that's basically right. what we all have. And it's right. like they're, they're just brilliant. so super brilliant and bright. Right. And um, yeah, so parents, there is hope. Jacqueline's joining Jacqueline. us tonight to let you all know that there's hope. And it's really more than just a click away on, on the internet. It's, yeah. it's finding a really good circle of friends that oh, yeah. share the same experience. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Networking within the autism community is huge because that's where you're going to learn so many things through other parents. That's what helped mm-hmm. us a lot. And you have to re- remember not to get too discouraged if some things work for one child, but then it's not working for your child. And you're like, oh, it worked for them. It's not working for mine. And you get all upset. You just keep trying. You just keep trying other things because you have to get to know your own child and see what's working for your child. Right. And, and try to develop their strengths and work on their weaknesses. And that's all. You just keep going. And I love it, see- Jacqueline. <laughs> You're giving hope. People are tweeting us. You're giving hope Woo-hoo! to people. So that, that's great. There is speak- hope. I see There it. is. And speaking of networking, you have a couple of books you're writing. I am. My my husband and I <laughs> right now are writing a book together about our journey with autism um, because we get so many questions all the time from people. And I know from our experience, um, and when we reached out and, and, and came out with my son's autism, so many people reached out to us and, and shared their successes and their stories and their struggles and everything with us and how much it helped us. So if we can do the same thing in turn and it helps even one family, then we're happy. So we're writing a book together right now. Um, Sterling Lord is our publishing agency. I, I mean, our um, literary agency. Mm. So we're doing that. And then and then on the flip side, one of my other passions, I'm writing a book with um, Janae Luciani 
on um, beauty and and fashion, and it's more it's more about like lifestyle for like the busy moms and and uh, beauty and the real you know, moms. Like <laughs> yeah. The real moms, you know? <laughs> the real moms who have the uh, grocery bag in one arm, the child in the other, right. the self-destructive fear, but they still yeah, have people the polos on. <laughs> right. Like, I do laundry. Yes, I do. They just don't want to film it on the show because that's boring. Who wants to see me folding laundry? So, no. So, yeah, I do all that stuff. So, <laughs> do everything everybody else Do you want to talk about the show a little bit? Because people all so know you from... You Let's talk about the show. <laughs> What has been like literally, you know, because we could always go to the bad side of things, but there's no point. What was like the really the positive side of doing Housewives of New Jersey? Oh, God. You know, it's just the experience of the whole thing, just meeting a lot of interesting people. And then, you know, towards the end there was being able to use the platform for something good to raise autism yeah. awareness. You know, that mm-hmm. came later, you know, really in the beginning. I really didn't think everybody was going to watch it. And it was more something <laughs> out of curiosity, something to do with a family, like, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't really yeah. watch reality TV shows before that. And I just didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> so, Do you remember the uh, first time that you were noticed? Um, yeah, it was really bizarre. I'm like, me? What? Who? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Was Where, was really <laughs> Where was it? Where oh, was it? I, um, you know, what? I'm trying to, rem- um, I was probably doing some kind of press for Bravo. I, yeah. I think, you know, doing press for Bravo and just being on a, you know, like I was on Jay Leno, I, you know, I, I did like shows that I would watch on TV. I'm like, why am I here? Like, who am I? Like, nobody. It's so weird. Yeah, it was a really I, listen, strange experience. I think really the, that the purpose of you having a child with autism and then it just fitting into the show was really so that you could bring awareness. Because there's always that silver lining of, of being in the public eye. And now your yeah. story can be told to so and many. I get it. And, yes. <laughs> Yes, and you can change the lives of something. You know, of course, there's drama, and there's old producers that enhance the drama. Right. Of the sh- but um, you know, forgetting the drama, <laughs> there's there's a silver lining, and the silver lining is really exactly. that your story needs yeah. to be. And and I was and, able and, to turn yeah. it around and do do something good with it. That's what made me feel yeah. good. <laughs> you know, and and really, I think that that's what the purpose of all of this is. And you know, when you look deeper into your life, you, it, it makes sense, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, because you didn't really, I didn't really realize what the whole point of the whole thing was. It was just the experience. You know, there was nothing really I was getting out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and then course. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I have a purpose. <laughs> yes, you do have so. a big purpose. And that's why you <laughs> were given a child with the neurodiversity, because your purpose is big. And um, your journey is yeah. going to be exciting. So I look Amazing. forward to, to seeing your new book coming out soon. Where can people follow you? Because you have so many followers anyway, but if more oh, people can be inspired. Oh. You <laughs> well, you know, Twitter's like my main obsession. I'm trying to get into Instagram now. I'm at official Jacqueline Larita on Instagram, and then, um, you know, Jack Larita on Twitter. And then I have a face actually, there's a couple Facebooks, but I'm trying to figure out my passcode to get into all of them so I can connect. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Facebook just, is like a little boring these that. days. <laughs> you, you know what? Facebook took up too much time where. Twitter, yes. I could just be like making toast and be like, oh yeah, I want to say this. And then I'll just like yes. do something and then go back to what I'm doing. <laughs> See, that's all part of the book, right? The working mom book. Yeah. Be on Twitter for a second, exactly. not Facebook for three hours. But how does it feel to have over 800,000 followers on Twitter? Um, I like it because I have stuff to bounce off of to people. I ask questions all the time, random questions, and people mm-hmm. answer. And yeah, I do read everybody's tweets. Sometimes I can't get to everybody. Sometimes I answer in DMs. Um, 
but I, I do try to, you know, communicate with as much people as I can. And it's, it's fun. I love interacting with people. I've always loved meeting people. Um, being an army brat, I've moved around my whole life. And, um, so I just always enjoyed meeting people. And, well, know, I'm glad that we got to meet you tonight here on Max and Friends. <laughs> well, thank you. And I want to have you back when the book is out because I know it's going to be a, a, it's yeah. going to be like people when it comes to the world of neurodiversities and autism, it's just like a tower of Babel and people don't know where to go. So your book is going to be like an answer oh, yeah, to a lot of parents. So yeah, I hope I to have you it. back on. I got to wrap up the show because I'm getting the cue to wrap it up, but I feel like I want to talk to you for like another hour, my new friend, Jack. <laughs> Call uh, me back. I'm in my PJ. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> but on that note, you enjoy your night. We gotta, I got to have an after show program because we're going to have you back on. And I definitely want to have you back on when that book comes out. So we're going to hit – I'm going to hit you up on Twitter, okay? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Hey, before I let you go, <laughs> give us like a really good inspiring quote for the week. Your favorite oh, quote. Inspiring quote for the week? Oh. Oh, gosh. They put me on the spot. I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Yes, I love it. That's exactly what we're going to do this week. Just do it. Take life to the max. Yeah. Have a great night, Jacqueline Larita. Talk to you really soon. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got to wrap this show up, everyone. Thank you so much to my guest tonight. We had Jacqueline Ritter from Housewives of New Jersey, author, mom, and just superstar to the world of autism. We had the amazing Allison Wynn Scotch in her new book. The uh, Oh, that's my new favorite book, isn't it, you all? I got to find – you know what? Hold on. I got, I'm just like all over the place tonight. The Theory of Opposites. That's the book. I can't wait to read it. So, Allison, send me a signed copy. Also, I got to thank Sophie B. Hawkins, and I have to thank Thomas Hibner, and of course, Stacey Angela for giving us the Grammy update. Thank you so much, Ronan. Good night and good karma, everyone. Take life to the max. Stay tuned. We got some great shows this coming up for you. Love you all for listening. Good night and good karma. Love you all. Hit it, Ronan. <laughs> This is Max and Friends.